Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 41. My guest today, I'm really excited. This has been a long time coming. Um, my guest is, she's an emerging prophetic voice, and she's also the author of the children children's book series, Ambitious Abby. Let's welcome my guest today, Abby Duplaga. Hey, hey. Hello. Hey, good to see you. you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Abby, we kind of go a little ways back. Uh, Circa 2020, I think, is is when you you and my guest tomorrow, um, which I will, I'll save that for the end of the show, but you guys prayed over my wife um, and she experienced some pretty significant healing at one of the Elijah List conferences. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're awesome. You're God's really doing stuff through you and I'm stoked. I know. I love you guys. I'm so glad I got to meet you. I just love how God connects people. Mm -hmm. And it's to me, the biggest blessing so far on my faith journey is just the relationships and the people that he connects you with. It's Mm -hmm. just the most perfect times. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it just adds so much to your life. Yeah. I gave uh, like a quick little rundown, but why don't you tell people who you are, what you're about, all that good stuff. All right. So my name's Abby and I actually was an accountant in public accounting for just shy of 10 years. Um, so I was in a public accounting firm, Columbus, Ohio, you know, really working to become a partner. I thought that was what I wanted to do. So I was right in line to be the next partner when the the man that I was working under retired. Mm. And so I was, you know, really working hard to diversify myself, be so credentialed, just climbing the corporate ladder. And, you know, as you're beginning your career, you're so focused on every goal, right? You just want to get to the next goal and the next goal. and, And you don't realize how much time's passing by and and you're so focused on those goals once you get to the goal and you reach them it feels very anticlimactic and that's what happened to me is because i thought oh this is what i want to do and my whole life was accounting and trying to get to this upper echelon of what i felt was success and making it mm-hmm. and once i got to that point i just felt it still was so empty and i was like this isn't what i thought it was supposed to be Mm-hmm. And so then I had a really big, you know, struggle internally trying to figure out, okay, am I going to do this for 30 more years? I, I'm traveling the country. I'm working all the time. I'm married to my career. Mm. And I was really having this struggle because I wasn't having any um, success on the other side of it. Like um, on the family personal side, I wasn't having a successful relationship. I wasn't finding love. Mm. And at the heart of all of it, I realized I want a family. And if I'm going to do this career, how am I going to have a family and, you know, be a wife and put all the effort into raising my kids? I can't, something would have to give. So I feel like I was so focused on the career for so long that I never thought about these things. Mm. Now, really quick. By the time I had time to think, yeah, really quick. Did, did you, I'm sorry if you said this already, did you know the Lord at the time or what, how, what was that? Not at all. Well, so I grew up, you know, going to church. I was at an evangelical church, but they didn't yeah. walk in the giftings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw religion and what happened was, was just, this is crazy. So my niece who was 16, she died of cancer in 2015. Oh, 
And I happen because God is so strategic. Listen to this. So I happen to be one. She was worried about three of the family members. She had expressed interest about three of us. Like I, I know I'm going to see everyone else in heaven, but I'm, I'm concerned about my aunt Abby and my dad, you know what she was saying? All these things. So we happened to strategically be the ones that were in the room when she took her last breath. Wow. I was holding her hand at the time. I was in a, an ungodly worldly, just dysfunctional relationship engaged mm-hmm. for 10 years. Right. Wow. Um, so that was just kind of, I think that's why I pushed myself into my career so hard because it was what I was getting my sense of accomplishment from and like sure. my identity. Sure. And so, um, cause it, like I wasn't succeeding in that. So I'm like, well, at least I'm really succeeding over here. Mm-hmm. So I put everything into that. So anyways, I'm in the room and she's non-responsive, like right before a person passes away, you know, they have like, they're just kind of just unresponsive laying there out of nowhere. My mom comes in and she's like big lover of Jesus. She comes over me to the feet of my niece and she says, run to Jesus, Casey, run to Jesus from out of nowhere. She's unresponsive. She completely opens her eyes, fully alert, like gasps a deep breath and just let's go. Wow. And that even though like, I didn't know what I thought at the time, like I had grown up hearing about Jesus and was involved in church and stuff. I saw for the first time, the supernatural. I saw a spirit leave a fleshly body at the set, at the name of Jesus. And so I was like, okay. So even though I didn't really seek the Lord for myself till two years later, it was still a seed that was super powerful that Absolutely. was deposited in me. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. in the midst of that, me getting so far in my career and love not working out, I had this moment where I said, you know what? My mom, I would always call her crying and she would just be like, Abby, you've tried everything else. You know, you've skydived, you're hiking the Grand Canyon. You're, you're doing everything thinking you're going to find fulfillment. She's like, why don't you just try Jesus? Yeah. And what I'm, do you have to lose? <laughs> Come on. And, I'm, and then, I, you know, so I'm going, okay, I really, it, it, it probably is what I'm missing, but I think I kept rejecting it because I knew it was what I needed. Mm. I knew he was what I needed, but I didn't want to hear it because mm-hmm. I wasn't personally ready. And it was like no amount of someone telling me I was wrong or this, you know, I need this, that, and this. It wasn't what was like really going to change me or catch my attention. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm an, an intellectual person. I'm going to seek him, not because someone told me to, not because of their faith. I want to find out for myself if he's real. Mm-hmm. And I know what I'd seen, right? So I started to seek him with my whole heart. And I was in a hotel room in June of 2017. And I, the, and the, the Holy Spirit completely um, enveloped me. And I had never felt anything like that before. And I was really? completely just on the, the hotel floor crying, just totally wrecked. Wow. I had never felt the love of God before. And I was just like, this is what I've been missing. Wow. It wasn't anything but actually encountering him mm. that changed my life. Yeah. So you knew it was you knew it was the Holy Spirit at the time. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. What was the reaction of your the other two family members in the room when your um was it your niece that passed away? Yeah. So yeah. it was my her dad and then my brother was the other one, but he actually got saved at her funeral. Wow. 
So he came forward on the altar call and he was the only one that came forward. So he was the one that came forward and got saved. And then her dad and I were the other two she was concerned about and we were holding her hand. Well, the mm. dad has since accepted Jesus Come on. and is on a journey as well. So, so cool. it was like, uh, even though it was such a tragic moment, God used it for his glory. Absolutely. Yeah. And did you, cause you knew when it happened, when she took her last breath and everything that there was something supernatural about it. Did, yeah. did her dad and your brother also have the same reaction to that moment? Oh, they knew. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there was no denying it because you, you know, when someone's completely, you know, that death rattle and they're just like breathing and you're just kind of waiting for their organs to fail. It's the most sad place to, to be, to watch somebody. Mm. And it, she was young. So her heart was strong, you know, so she, you're just waiting that cancer, you know what I mean? It was just like eating things away. And in that moment to go from totally lifeless to full of life, it was like, what just happened? It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. We okay, all so looked at each other like, uh, she just felt Jesus. And then there's what? a big rainbow outside of the, of the hospice house. And we walked outside. We're like, this is wild. Oh we my knew. goodness. Wow. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that was in 2017 when you had that encounter in the hotel room. Okay. June yeah. of 2017. Do you remember what day? I think it might've been June 11th or 12th. I can't okay. remember. I was just curious because my anniversary, Lauren's and my anniversary is on June 19th. So I was just curious. Oh, wow. So um, right close to that. Yeah. It would have been crazy. It was right on our anniversary, oh, uh, but it's close. Um, so, okay. What happened after that? You were in the hotel room. You got, you know, experienced God's love. You'd never experienced before. What happened after that? And so what happened, um, while I, cause I knew it was the Holy spirit. I had been watching a pastor out of LA that God had led me to on YouTube mm -hmm. right before I had that encounter in that hotel room. When I was seeking, you know, mm -hmm. I was, I had found, I had, like stumbled across this, um, five keys to identifying your soulmate. So I was like, I just want to understand love and all, mm -hmm. you know? So I found, I didn't know that God led me to it. Cause I didn't understand the anointing and the power of God and what was happening, mm -hmm. but it was his, the, like the, um, the anointing on this pastor that was drawing me in. And so, you know how you have like the choices in YouTube, how you can select another option like yep. from this person right underneath of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I kept watching videos and at the end of one of them, it was like, you know, it was a, such a message that really hit. And I just cried out to God on the, on the ground and said, Lord, I surrender all. And that's when I experienced the Holy spirit. Mm. So I knew, but from that moment on, I could not get enough. Like my soul was so hungry because I just wanted to understand. Mm -hmm. And so it was that whole born again experience. And it was just like, I, I just kept filling myself with truth because I was walking in such darkness and yeah. I was thinking about it. You know, when you're born, like the baby's born, it's in the womb, it comes out, it's in darkness and it comes into the light. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens with our mindset when we're walking completely in darkness and we're deceived when we're born again in the spirit, we then can see the light. We see the truth mm -hmm. and our, our hearts are enlightened. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this whole light bulb went on. So I just wanted to know, no, no, like everything I could completely like grow from. And it seemed like everything in an order was everything I needed to hear. So for two months, I couldn't get enough. I'm, I'm at work and I'm like, I can't stop listening to, to preaching. I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to do my work. And I'm, yeah. you know, so I'm taking it home because I can't get things done. So, um, and in August, at one of the busiest times of the year during my accounting, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was the day after that lunar eclipse. Remember that big lunar yep. eclipse that happened? I do. 
the day after that, I'm in my apartment and I'm just like seeking God by myself. And I had this experience where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And for three days, I was having visions. I heard him audibly. There was so much that happened in that period of time. Like I could, I felt like I was in such another realm that I literally couldn't come out of it. Mm. And I didn't want to. I I was like in such a a euphoria of peace and joy. Mm -hmm. Like I had reports I was supposed to review. And I remember calling this, the other manager that worked with me. And I'm like, I can't even get myself to focus for two hours to help you. I don't know what's going on. I had no I had no language to articulate what was happening spiritually Mm. because I didn't really have the foundation or any kind of prophetic, like teaching, none of that, you know? So I'm trying to articulate that I'm in a whole nother dimension and I don't know how to describe what's happening. (laughs) So it was so wild. And I'm like, thank God I didn't talk to too many people at the time because they probably thought this person's crazy. Yeah. Abby's lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember calling home and I, my parents were so happy I found Jesus, but they didn't know what I was going through supernaturally. So they're like, are you sure you're okay? Because in that time period, God told me to leave my career, lay everything down, which I'll get to and how he tells what he leads me to do. But I called my parents to tell them that I was going to do this thinking that they understood because they're Christians, right? right? Yeah. Oh, they thought I was like, are you sure you're okay? Like I've been there. Just take you to the hospital and get you checked out. (laughs) It will make us feel better. And I'm like, no, I am totally legit. Like I am sound. I just need to be with God. And I remember like, I never was off my phone. I remember it just dying. I left it like it was hidden behind a pillow somewhere in my room. Like everyone's trying to contact me. And I was just like, no, I just need to be with God by myself because I felt like I needed instruction. Cause I'm like, what do I do from here, God? Because it was such a radical, it, it was like a Damascus road experience for someone Sounds who had like no recollection of, yeah. of anything like that. Like in that happening, it was radical. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, so you mentioned you left your job. Was it, was it an instantaneous thing? Um, like- well, I, I was in my apartment for a week and I asked them a week? to have okay. time off. Wow. And I spent one solid week, like hours upon hours a day, just with God, reading the Bible, flipping around. And he kept taking me to Abraham. And I knew what I knew in my spirit. And I heard him say, I want you to lay down your earthly crown for a heavenly one. Wow. Clear as day. And I'm like, I knew what my spirit was like. I knew what he was telling me to do. But my mind couldn't catch up to the fact that at my whole career, listen, I had four credentials. I was a CPA, an IT professional, fraud examiner. I worked so hard for all of this thinking. Wow. So it meant the world to me. But one touch from God, it was like I had this one encounter, this vision. He showed me and he showed me the building I worked in and he showed me that like it crumbling. Like he showed me like none of it mattered. And I remember Mm. the more I was in the spirit, the more I saw that the things of the earth fading away. Yeah. Like, and I realized, wow, everything I thought, like I was so caught up in doesn't even mean anything. Mm. Wow. And so I sat there and I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Like, Mm. I'm not going to be the same. Mm. And he kept saying, leave what you know. I'm going to lead you to something that I'll show you. Wow. Wow. And (laughs) so so what was that? I mean, obviously you, you know, this is all new for you. Was it an was it an easy yes or was it because I mean obviously you're having to kind of die to your fleshly you know worldly desires of yeah. accomplishment and 
what was that process like? It was it was it was it what did you have moments of of having to die still you know lay it down and be like no that's gone no that's gone or was it an immediate like okay yeah bye no so i um in the process it it's like when it first happened i was so sure of what god was showing me and telling mm-hmm. me cuz it was so like such a powerful experience mm-hmm. but it wasn't until like after i left and in the process of okay let let's strip you down i mean i went from suits and um designer clothes to going and humbling myself and painting as a commercial painter with my dad Hmm. you know what i mean like he took me from a bmw to a bicycle i had a a, an apartment on a park in downtown columbus in an office with a view to living at home do you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. he really had to reshape my character so in that process i had moments like what did i do and you know how the enemy gets in your head what, yeah. Why would you do that? Like that was yeah. so stupid, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I, it was it was a struggle to to really get with God and have Him continue to mm-hmm. help me in that. Yeah, you know, there's a there's there was some pros to being on a, a bicycle though, because it's much healthier, you know, right? exercise, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, silver lining. Um, yes. Yeah, I um, I've talked about that whole thing uh, a couple of times on um on this show and it's interesting you mentioned the story of abraham because when my wife and i went to kona for a season um it was a pretty big step um uh and god used the story of abraham to to uh, and him leaving to go to the promised land leaving in faith taking everything he had with him making it impossible for him to return to his old life um and so it's interesting that God used, the, you know, Abraham's walk with you as well. And there's probably a ton of other people who are like, uh-huh, me too with this thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, um, but the, the thing that I've, I've mentioned a couple of times on this show is, is I have never, and I'm sure you would agree. I have, when God is, when God is calling me to do something and I do it, I have never, ever, ever regretted being obedient to the Lord. Amen. Never. Never. It is such an honor to be called by God, even if it takes a process of dying to your flesh. Ultimately, man, it's just like when you do it, it's uh, it, it, there's just nothing like it. Okay, so you left the accounting firm and then you started working as a commercial painter. Was it more like when God was like, okay, I want you out, you know, leave this life, go do this thing. Was he like, go work with your dad or was he just find work? What was that process like? Well, it was like, I knew, and this is what's crazy too, because I was going to stay in Columbus, but I ended up paying to get out of my apartment to go home. And I transitioned home on 11-11. At the time, I didn't know anything about numbers and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but I didn't, God literally sent me home on 11-11-17. And I called because I was with a friend in the gym the the night before I was getting ready to, um, or, you know, it was the night before I called in to see if they had an availability for me to stay. Cause she was like, why don't you just stay? You're not really out that much to just continue to stay here. And you can go work from your, with your dad until you figure out what you're going to do. And I said, well, I'll call and see. And literally I called, I prayed the night before I said, God, if I'm supposed to stay here, keep my apartment open. If I'm not close the door. And I called and they're like, we just leased your apartment 30 minutes ago. And I said, wow. well, that's the answer. I know I'm supposed yeah, to go home. Right. So he guided me home and I knew when I got home, like I wasn't, I I had um, money, you know, saved up and stuff. So I knew like I was okay for a moment to like, I could get with God to figure out what he wanted me to do. 
help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. But it was like immediately, I just knew I was supposed to be with my dad. My dad's a strong believer and um, we've had such an amazing time uh, together, fellowshipping in the Lord, just working together. My brother works with us. So it's been just amazing what he's done there because my dad worked a lot. So I wasn't real close to him, but it was like he reconciled and restored so much just Mm. in the Lord as I worked with him. So I knew there was purpose in that. But I knew like I wasn't just going to go home and just sit like God was calling me, whatever he was asking me to do. I just said, I'm going to do. And so I was just so yielded to his spirit. And I said, God, have your way, your life or my life is your life. And I know that what you want to do with it is so much better than what I could ever do. And it's not mine, it's yours. And so do what you want to do with it. Mm. But in that moment in my apartment and everything, he had shown me ambitious Abby. So mm. I knew that I would be writing this series for kids. I just didn't know how, when, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, like he showed me the mountaintop, but he was like, okay, now we got to go. Now we got to climb it. it. Yeah. Um, and uh, okay. So when you, is this still when you went to go, go live at home with your parents? Was there, was there a, um, was this still in 2017 or is this now in 2018? Um, well, so I moved to him in November of 17. Okay. So, All right. and, you know, it's back to my hometown, back to yeah. my home area. Yeah. Yeah. And you live in Ohio, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. So what happened next? This is all like radical. I mean, honestly, like this type of stuff is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, this is what God is calling a lot of people in the body of Christ to to do is to abandon their vocation. The thing that they were like, no, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do and go and do something else to about face and go in a different direction. And so this is the type of, I mean, you're, you're a, a testimony of, of God's faithfulness of, of not getting too much in your head about something and just being obedient and going and doing it. And mm-hmm. that God confirms. Yeah. Sometimes it takes faith, but I mean, everybody, you can see up until this point with Abby, God was confirming even with like her apartment. He's like, okay. You know, she was like, okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll find out if this is right. And she's like, oh, we just, we just leased it out 30 minutes ago. So yeah. that type of stuff, but it was by you being obedient and starting to step out you know, that the doors started closing and new doors eventually started opening, mm-hmm. uh, but you're walking by faith. And I love that. I'm all about that. So yeah. And one, yeah. one note when I, w- I remember leaving the day I left the partner I work for, he's crying. I'm crying. They literally, I, I go into the partner group or the, the two partners I'm supposed to meet with in the office. And they said, um, so do you have like a plan? Like what are, you know, I was like, no, I said, God says, if I just seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, that he'll just add things, you know? So yeah. like, this girl has lost her mind. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. crazy. She's about to give away this huge career yeah. because she's going to just trust God as a plan. And if, if no one's done that or they don't know of anyone who has, they're, they're probably thinking, wow, this is just nuts, you know? Because mm. the spirit, the things of the spirit, they don't make sense to the natural mind. When God asks you to do something, his ways and his thoughts are above ours. So Come if on. you can, if you can figure it out in your head and it makes sense to you to do it and you feel there's a cushion and all this, 
it's probably more than likely yourself and it's not right. God because God right. is going to ask you to radically step out in faith and trust him. How else do you build faith? It's a resistance training process and he'll have you take steps. And it's usually not until you take the step that he doesn't, he meets you as soon as you take it, but he's true. Mm -hmm. You have to take the step because that's mm -hmm. what faith is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's a bit like, Hey, if you jump off that, I'm going to catch you. Well, you yeah. can't see the evidence of him being able to catch you or even your dad, like say as a kid, you're going to jump off something and you know, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to catch you. And you're like, yeah, but like, there's a whole lot of space between you and me right now. I don't know. Um, and so it does take a yep. degree of faith um, to. And that's why you have to fill yourself with the character and attributes and understanding mm -hmm. of who God is. That's because that's really what helped me on this journey. Because when I couldn't make sense of it. And I would always, I was a person that always had things planned, right? Because that was my career. I had to right. plan audits, plan timing of things. And so he had to redo my mindset in that way. And I, and, um, so it was hard for me because I just always wanted to know and understand why and how and every, but when I realized I didn't under, need to know any of that, but I needed to know who he was and fill myself with who he was and remind myself of that, then I knew he had me. Mm, that's good. That's really yeah. good. Okay. So we'll talk, we'll get really into ambitious Abby in just a second, but, um, how much time passed between when you moved home in November of 2017 and then when you actually felt released or saw the opening or how, you'll talk about that process of starting to work on Ambitious Abbey and becoming a reality? How much of a time period was that? Okay. So my first Ambitious Abbey book released in May of 18. Okay. So, so you, it, and you know, God had me in this season where I was all by myself with him. So yes, I was on the road with my dad, but in that time I was so, I was just so hungry and I was filling up on the word and I was listening to sermons and listening to teachings and I just couldn't get enough. But I felt like it was that season where God just needed me to be one with him mm -hmm. and to just, you know, hear what he was saying and ministering to my heart. And so it was in that time frame that I was just kind of solo. And that's why I had a job with my dad where I could listen to teachings all day in my headphones as I'm painting. It was mm -hmm. like I was in so much stress in my other job. And then I had the peace of the Lord. But I couldn't mm. I could never listen to stuff like that in my other job because you're yeah. responsible for every minute you're there. Right. Um, to, you know, figure stuff out in your head where you're painting. It's just more leisurely. So yeah. I felt like that was just like a blessing to be able to do that and have that. Give time. your mind a rest. Right. But yeah. I did write the first book while I had like a two month period before I moved home. After I left my job, I left it on September 1st of 17, moved home 11, 11. So I had a little bit of time there. Mm -hmm. So I spent every day, all day, just in, in the word, I would ride my bike outside, listen to music, just wanted to be in nature, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had that time and, and I felt the Lord tell me to sit down and write. And I didn't study poetry. I mean, there was, I just knew the books needed to rhyme. I knew that that's what I, you know, in my heart was supposed to do. And literally I wrote this book and it came out in like two and a half hours. It was so divine. Wow. So the first book came out and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because how do I find an illustrator? Like, what is this? So a coworker had given me an idea saying, you should contact the Columbus School of Arts and Design, see if they have any 
students that would be interested in a freelance opportunity. I was like, that's a great idea. So I know God deposited that idea to, to guide the step mm-hmm. because I reached out to the um, Dean of graphic design and asked if I could post a job. And he said, yes, absolutely. So I did. And I got five people that sent me in their portfolio right away. The second one I opened was the look of what I had seen in my head. Wow. So okay. I, I t- contacted the, this, this um, student and mm-hmm. he was like, yes, I'm on board. I'll do the whole thing. Sweet. So what was that process like? Let's talk, let's start talking about the book. Cause I, people know I'm an artist. My wife is an artist. We love creativity. So this type of stuff just like totally gets me super, super pumped. Um, so what was that process like in 2017? You were in your apartment and all of a sudden God downloads this book. Like how did this come about? So it, it started, he started to kind of um, give me this idea. I was riding in my car one day. This is before I had the encounter. He started to kind oh, okay. of deposit the idea of writing children's books because people would ask me, what do you attribute your success to at such a young age? And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I started working and painting with my dad when I was 14. So I learned and I worked all through high school and college. And I said, I learned all these skills. And I think that they have helped me throughout life to be successful. And so I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could teach these kind of things to kids? Mm-hmm. Well, at first I thought, okay, well, I'll write books about accounting because I was in the accounting career, right? Yeah. I didn't realize God was actually trying to get like, you know, get my, my, my imagination going, you know? Um, yeah. So I had this idea. I'm like, it would be fun to write a children's book, but I wouldn't even know the first thing to do. So it wasn't until that salvation experience happened that I saw, oh, it's ambitious savvy. It's character building life skills based on my life. Realistic fiction. There'll be stories that are real because I can write from that place mm-hmm. and then share them with little kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where it came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they always say in a writing to write what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they even say, if somebody's super knowledgy and like philosophical, they say, write what you wish to know. But I mean, honestly, I think that, that, that is true. Write what you know. I think I, there's so many stories I have that are based off of an experience that mm-hmm. I had growing up. And then it's kind of just disguised. And then I just disguise it and turn it into something else. Um, and so uh, that's really fun. Um, so do you have like a list of a bunch of different ideas for books that you want you want to do? So it's interesting, you know, God in his his order. So I, I was thinking about this and I'm like, God, it was like right away. He gave me 10 ideas and each book would cover one of the skills. Okay. So I'm like, it may, you know, just like God to give me 10, you know, so yeah. I'm like, no, no, we're not just going to do one book. We're going to do 10. And I'm like, yeah. Lord, this is really going to have to be something you do like this, yeah. you know, because yeah. I, I was just like, this is overwhelming. And then also you, you get the vision or you get the promise. That's another thing with prophecy. You receive a promise, but that, you know, before I understood the timing of the Lord, I'm thinking it's going to happen right away. The first book that comes out is going to be a bestseller. You know, I'm going to be, you know, being able to get it into so many kids' hands. Mm -hmm. That's what you think because, you know, he's showing you that, but you have Mm -hmm. no idea the process it it takes to actually get Mm -hmm. there. And so that was something he had to teach me along the way, but just be obedient to build the steps, build what I'm showing you and we'll get there. But the skills that the 10 he, he chose, um, they've just been coming one after the other in order. And I don't even try or think about, okay, I need to write this one, you know, cause I did that at first and nothing would come. So, cause yeah. I released the first one in 18 and I had a block for two years 
And then all of a sudden he gave me five this year. Wow. So So how many, how many are published right now? You have one for sure. How many are published? Two. Two two. And the third one's getting um, illustrated right now. Come on. Do you have an an ETA on when that one's going to release? Um, well, it should be done in a couple months, but I, I might hold it till fall because I, when I release them, I go into the schools mm-hmm. and I read them and stuff. And it's kind of a, the excitement around the book that comes out. So I don't know if I'll release in the summer or if I'll release in the fall. We haven't decided yet. But. Now, do you just do reading in schools or are you open to reading other places as well? Everywhere. I've even okay. gone to a homeschool. Oh, really? Okay. Well, because I, I just think nice. it's so important who... It's like Jesus leaving the 99 for the one. Uh huh. And I'm like, Lord, whatever door you have, I'm, you know, I'm open to it. I'll go wherever yeah. you should go. I'll go because you don't know what God wants to deposit in that one kid. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Cause there's some people that are, that have similar, God has given them similar visions about writing children's books. What was that process like? You obviously wrote it. Then you contacted the the school, um, the art school, yeah, and, and yeah. got a hold of. But then, what happened after that? What is that process like? So there are some people that just feel kind of stuck right now, yeah. um, that are kind of in that place of like, okay, I did find an artist, but I don't know what to do next. Right. So I exchanged some emails with him and basically told him my vision and told him I had this idea for this series and I was looking for someone who would be committed to helping out. And God had shown me um, products merchandising with it like it's a whole brand Mm -hmm. and also a show and all this stuff that goes with it right for children and i'm like i I don't and so i'm telling him this stuff well do you know that since since then he's become an animator and he does product development i'm like god you can't even make this up (laughs) and he's saved and got baptized and so is his wife wow did he know the lord before then i don't know i don't think so he got saved like right when i met him wow so I was like, this is wild. I know God chose him. I know that he divinely orchestrated this. I have mm-hmm. no doubt. But so I just trusted God and I took that step. What if I didn't? And I was too afraid to contact the dean. Mm. You have to just step out in faith and be bold in the step that he's giving you. If I was mm. too afraid and I like cowered back and said, no, I don't want to do that. I'll just find someone else. I would have missed out on this opportunity and this mm-hmm. door that he had. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I still feel like God will continue to confirm and make sure you get there. But at the same time, I was just like so glad that he led me right to it and he highlighted him right away. And so what I did is I asked him and then in that process, what you do is you send your written. I sent my written script to him of what I had um, written. And then he said, "Okay, I need you to basically children's books are 32 pages. There are a thousand words or less. So, and, and I wanted them to be picture books cause I needed them. I wanted, I knew they were going to have illustrations cause the illustrations told the story as well. Mm-hmm. So if they're picture books, they're for ages K through fourth or fifth or pre-K fourth through fifth. So like ages four through nine. So I knew I was targeting that age group right at the foundation. Like they need this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to need 32 pages. Here's my script. So he said, break it down. And what would you want illustration by illustration over the 32 pages with the text? So Mm -hmm. then every time I write a book, I have to break it down, like do an illustration breakdown and say, okay, on this page, I want her waking up for school or, you know, with this line on it. So I go through that process and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much all I do. And I send it to him and then he sends me rough sketches back that are black and white. See if I'm okay with them. 
and I just um, approve them. And then he goes ahead and he finishes them all and does the color mm-hmm. and he does a trailer for me. Yeah. Awesome. And then did you go through a publisher? Did you self-publish these? I self-published um, just to get them going because he was familiar with the self-publisher that I use. And so I went through that process, but I'm, I know in order to mass distribute it and to get it in the hands of more people, it's going to need a regular publisher. So I'm just mm-hmm. believing God is going to lead that yeah. and open that door at the timing. Absolutely. I think he just wanted to see that I would be obedient to build, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. And in a way it's like, sort of like functioning as a proof of concept too. So you can yeah. be like, Hey, look at these. Want to publish the rest? Aren't they cute? Aren't they fun? <laughs> hey, do you have any of them around you right now? I do. I yes. Do. Let's talk about them. Let's see. Okay, them. Well, so every book is going to have, it's dedicated to someone who shaped my character mm. and that, you know, might be in the book or, or shape that life skill that it's written about. But this is the second one. So I actually I um, dedicated it. this one to, the partner I worked for for 10 years because he was like an excellent leader. And so it's, this one's on leadership. So I dedicated it to him. Wow. The next one's about my dad and I fishing. It's about failing and persevering. And so wow. it's coming up next. Yeah. How amazing. Like that is so cool. So obviously mm-hmm. you, I realized you, you, I think you said the age range, but I was reading one of the notes and so I missed it. I think, so what is your target age range for these books? Ages four through nine. Four it's through elementary nine. school age. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, once so, they get to middle school, they do um, chapter books. Oh, yeah. And I knew I wanted graphic pictures. Like, I, that's what I saw, and the Lord showed yeah. me. So I'm like, I know they have to be picture books for that age range. Yeah. And I know that you're kind of focused on these, and you have eight more, eight more books, uh, at least from the original vision to go. But have you thought of stuff beyond? Has the Lord shown you stuff beyond this yet? Yeah, because I was like, Lord, I know you're not going to stop it. Like I just, mm-hmm. the one day I was working and I just, I felt adventure series just out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, he's going to let me write an adventure series based on all. So I'm a real adventurous person. I love to hike and bike mm-hmm. and, you know, skydive, whatever, you know. So I felt like it would be fun to do and travel to different countries and stuff. I thought it'd be fun to do an adventure series with even exposing kids to um, other cultures with different plots in them. And I thought about having like a little passport that they would collect. So every book would have a little sticker that they could put in their passport. Fun. Yes. God's (laughs) given me really cool ideas about it. So I'm like, I have so many uh, things kind of going, but I think there'll be an adventure series. I really feel cool. Oh man. Okay. Really quick. How can people buy those books? So you can go to my website, ambitiousabby.com. And if you buy them from there, I can actually autograph them and make them out to the child. Um, but you can also get them on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Of course you can't get them autographed. Yeah. Buy them, buy them from, we're going to have links in the description for our link in the description to that website, everybody. So buy them. I want to see her get tons of orders and then she's going to sign a ton of books. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just that the kids are really connecting to it. Like when I go into these schools, what happens is I go and, um, a lot of public schools and Christian schools have been embracing the books around like where I'm from. And, uh, and so I go in and I actually get to spend time with the kids and read to them and talk to mm. them about purpose and leadership. So and, amazing. And awesome. It's a chance to yeah. get in the door, to be in front of the kids to then pour out whatever God wants to pour out on them. Yeah. So are these books, are they more kind of less faith-based and more focused on teaching principles? That's an excellent question. Yeah, yeah. because God was showing me they are 
biblical kingdom principles mm-hmm. of his character, like how he's, you know, mm-hmm. a God of order and, you yeah. know, like all the working in excellence kind of thing. Um, it's those principles for the secular world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now back to the show. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. I'm that's that's definitely my like where I kind of feel called to. And there's a lot of believers that are called to that where they're like, we need to get in there and we need to just do things well and tell things from a biblical perspective. And yeah. they go, by the way, what'd you think of that? And then it open it opens up doors to conversations. And there's a place for the chosen and there's a place for all those things, absolutely. But there are a lot of believers that I know personally who are called to that same approach that you're t- doing with these books. And it's yeah. effective, right? Right. Because think about this, the leadership book. I mean, what, what makes a great leader is that they're a servant. They lift mm-hmm. others up. They're not trying to make people, they're not trying to rise above somebody. They're mm-hmm. trying to raise other people up. Right. Yeah. So I, I just, my heart from the beginning has been to teach. I love to teach because I want to help other people. I'm like, come on, let's go. I want to get them to a place to help them along. So in this book, she goes through the school day and she sees things that are like off in in the building. Like the teacher's hands are full of books and no one opens the door or they're in line or they're in the trash room and and they're throwing trash, but it's just going on the ground instead of going in the basket. So she's like noticing like the new student is at school. No one's sitting with them in the lunchroom. So she has this dialogue in the middle and she's like, I'm disappointed in what I'm seeing. So I'm going to do something about it basically. Mm -hmm. So then you go back through the book and she steps into those situations and serves the teachers, the students, oh, that's great. by the little things that make a difference. So when then when I go and talk to the kids, we talk about the book afterwards and, and ways they can make a difference in their own school, in their home, anywhere they're at, basically. And we talk mm. about that. I love that. But that's I... just having a heart like Jesus, serve others. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yep. Teaching Absolutely. that without saying Jesus in a school. You know what uh-huh. I mean? You're not allowed to because there's demonic systems of the world. But right. You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and then it also says that you, um, that the Lord really opened up the depth of Proverbs 22, six to you. And that's yes. through this process. Yeah. So, you know, I always thought, okay, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. And mm-hmm. I thought, I always thought, okay, teach them about Jesus and the faith. And when they're older, they'll never turn from their faith. They'll come back to it. Like the prodigal, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I always interpreted it. And I was driving back from a school one day and the Lord opened this out of nowhere, was speaking to me when I was, when I was driving. And he's like, Abby, you know what I'm doing in this whole process of sanctification. It's all about character. Mm-hmm. It's all about who you are to become more and more like me. Right. So if this series is about character building life skills, you're training up a child from the foundational level of the way that they should go in their character. So when they get older, those things will stay with them. Mm. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be orderly. They'll be organized. They'll manage their time. They're going to work in excellence and fun to the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's showing me that who's teaching them this. If they're not learning it at home, the schools aren't teaching that they, they're overwhelmed with the curriculum and the stuff they have them teaching, you know, yeah. that, that they're teaching. Yeah. So, they need somebody teaching it to them. And some of the kids, 
especially in the public schools, you, when you go into Christian schools, you're simply reinforcing what they already know. Mm-hmm. But when you go into these public schools with these books, some of these kids, they, they don't know this stuff. They yeah, they don't engage for it. And you're wow. giving them a basis and a foundation right at the beginning when they're sponges and they're taking in so much, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what God was showing me. Train them up in these, in integrity, in serving others, in all of this, in who I am. And mm-hmm. that's that's going to shape the the person they become. Yeah. So you're obviously very. Um, I mean, you're you're just what happened to you is very much um, you really discovering your your purpose uh, mm-hmm. in the Lord, and you're really passionate about helping other people discover their purpose as well. So talk a little bit about that. I am. And, and the whole reason being, okay, I know God doesn't waste anything. And, mm-hmm. and through my career, it did help me to write, even have more inspiration for some of these skills. Right. But at the same time, I think about how much time was spent in the wrong place because mm-hmm. what culture shaped my mind to think. Mm-hmm. So arts, entertainment, and media, I'm so passionate about like we literally come into the world in darkness and our thoughts and we're, we're, we're needing to be filled with truth and with life. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not getting that, and then the arts, entertainment and media and things we're taking in the education, things we're taking in is, is still shaping us in the wrong direction. I'm so, I'm so passionate about people actually really understanding their purpose. I mean, God mm-hmm. set it out for us before we were born. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said that we're his workmanship. And we're created to do things that he already designed for us. Mm-hmm. But if we don't know what that is, we could be in a whole nother direction and not positioned to do what he needs us to do in the earth to bring him glory. Mm. So I felt like, I feel like, you know, so many people are looking for their purpose. And when I think about like, even when I go on mission trips to Haiti, they don't want you to just give them money to, to help, they want people to be in purpose because it's purpose that drives a person, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like knowing that you're on this earth for a reason and God has something set for you to do. And yeah. it's so unique to each person. How much can we change the world if we actually quit being copycats Come on, and copying what this person does and what, mm-hmm. what it looks like, like that. And we really spent time with the father mm-hmm. and got the strategy and blueprint directly from him. Even with these books, I, when I researched to see like, had there ever been anything on these top, there was nothing for kids on these topics before. So I'm like, this is totally like something God deposited from heaven. Like a, it is a, an idea from him directly. Mm -hmm. How, how awesome would it be if we all actually as children of God got together and moved forward in faith and built what God told us to build to re- reform this earth because we've let darkness subdue us. <laughs> Do you know what mm, I'm saying? Right. Oh, absolutely. And so we're supposed yeah. to subdue the darkness and we, we've copied the darkness and yep. we've gone on whatever system or, you know, mindset or whatever someone else tells us to do. I mean, I went into a career in accounting cause I wanted money and stability mm-hmm. simply put not because I had a passion for it. Mm-hmm. So when I thought back to, okay, wow, as a child, because if God deposits that into your spirit before you're even um, in the world, you know, he says to have faith like a child is because we haven't had these preconceived understandings of, of what life is. Like we're, we're literally right. so innocent and pure in our mindset and our heart that 
what is passionate in your heart at that time is a clue to what he actually has called you to do mm. because you yeah. haven't had skepticism and, and worldly ideas and media telling you what you should do right. to get you off course. So when I thought back, I'm like, man, I always loved being a teacher. Since mm. I was a little kid, I had a schoolroom in my house. I was called to teach kids, yeah. but in a, in a way that God created for me to do it. But yeah. I, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, and I always had a baby doll. I always in the heart of it wanted to be a mom. Mm. Like, so God was showing me, I deposited in you and you knew, and I was revealing it to you as a child, what you wanted to do. But, it, and that's why I always ask people, I said, or what I had for you to do. I always ask people, you know, if, if you could do anything and fear wasn't a factor and uh, the, like a fear of failing and money wasn't a factor, what would you do? And literally people come right to what they're called to do because it's the fear of failing and it's money and security that keeps people where they shouldn't be. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I just, I know like growing up, uh, a lot of my friends went to school for things they didn't even know. They just were like, okay, well, I have to go to school right out of high school. I have to go to college right out of high school because that's what you do. And then I would ask them what they want to do. And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to get a business degree and and whatever. And, you know, and then it, a lot of them ended up not even using it. Um, and then you get in debt and you get in all this stuff. Um, right. It's a, I, it's a bondage. Yeah. And I'm, so, I'm just so passionate about that, that idea as well about asking people what they're truly passionate about. Like I worked. When I was at Trader Joe's, I worked at Trader Joe's and one of my supervisors was such a gifted uh, chef. Like he was so good and he was so like anytime he would make, cause we always made food at Trader Joe's. It was a great place to work. You know, you're always eating yummy stuff and, and he was really, really talented and he would light up the second that he was able to be released to go make food for everybody. Wow. He was so passionate about it. And I was like, dude, have you ever you thought about like opening a, a food truck, like, cause they're really big, you know, and uh, right now. And, and he was like, yeah, I have, but you know, and he gets all this stuff. I'm like, dude, go do it. And then there was another one of my supervisors who was a teacher and I saw that and I called it out in her and she's like, started crying. And, um, and I was like, you need to go be a teacher. Like, you're not going to be, you are going to feel like you're dying inside here until you go do that. And she's like, I know, I know. Um, I think she's pursuing that now. So awesome. I, I'm so passionate about that as well. Um, especially with, with artistic people, my wife and I just have a pull towards artistic people. Um, but, uh, this is exciting. Um, and I think that more, more and more people need to be like Abby and be out, out, out in the trenches and, and, and teaching godly principles and instilling good values in kids. Uh, it's amazing. And, and you have a little note in here about how millennials were shaped. Um, and we could even throw in Gen Z as well, yeah. which are younger. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, if you look at Gen Z, a lot of Gen Z's parents are millennials, mm -hmm. right? And so when I was looking at millennials, we did a study at our firm as management one time, and this is what kind of piqued my interest in the generational differences is that, you know, cause we were trying to bridge the gap and see how they all, all of them worked, you know, and, and the differences and how they viewed a work day and work attire and all that. So it really, at that moment, I realized 
millennials and how they are. And then when God opened my eyes spiritually to see it too, if you think about it, we, we were shaped by the internet, yeah, social media and reality mm-hmm. TV. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. So there, and, and then we all have this, like, if you're not saved and you're in the world and you're being shaped by culture, the culture that came in, like the, the entertainment, the reality shows, like before I was saved, you're, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and you're, you're looking at these shows and you're trying to, you know, buy what they're buying and wear what they're wearing and, and you can't help it. You don't even realize you're getting caught in this mm-hmm. and whatever is being normalized around you. And so then you have the culture that's, that's totally addicted to self and vanity you have that whole spirit that came in because we love we we are a social people because we came in with the social media right like in our generation but to an extent where it's gotten out of hand because with you know like the reality tv the comparison you know you have this competition or a need to one up or do something for people to notice you Mm -hmm. as a culture like to be relevant and so Mm -hmm. you see it happening and then you have the parents were doing that. They're trying to raise kids and they see their parents doing it and they've gotten even worse and more and more apps have now come out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like to a point where I see, you know, we just see kids on devices and you don't even see kids playing outside the way they used to. It's just a different, it's this different world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah. what is shaping the mindset when we know that Satan operates from lies and strongholds on the mind what are we actually allowing into our mind Mm, Yeah, as seeds that are being deposited? And so like that to me, I mean, and then you think of just shows and things that were influential at the time and the, the values and the things that were pushing and normalizing, Mm -hmm. you can see why the generation turned out the way it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's something that's not to be uh, underestimated the, the, the power of, of of media and arts and entertainment in in our lives and i think uh, it's not lost on everybody you know um but there's a lot of things that we still allow into our lives even now that it's like you know when i w- a couple of years ago i really started kind of cleaning house the lord started cleaning house and things that i was like yeah that part of the show is bad but the story's really good or yeah that scene was bad but the story's really good um and uh, for me too, I think that God's heart is that we are a voice and not an echo of culture. We are a voice to culture to call them to a higher place, not an echo of what the culture is. So like I got, you know, I, you know, a lot of, um, even just in arts and entertainment, there's a lot of like, well, you need to know what's in right now. You need to know what's popular. And and it got, kind of goes to what you say it is that it, if we all just pursued what God put on our hearts to do, I think this things would look a lot different. Amen. And that's not to frustrate, that's to encourage and get you excited uh, to, to go and do that thing that God is calling you to do, to be bold in it and to pursue it uh, and trust that he's going to open the doors when the time is right. Um, and to not expect, like you said, yeah, you know, like not trying not getting that out of your head of expecting uh ambitious abby to just be this immediate success and this like 
thing that's just like was going to blow people away and everybody, everybody in the world is going to be talking about it. And it's not there yet. Uh, but that's not, that's not supposed to be your focus. Your focus is obedience, Amen. right? So, yeah. And how much is he teaching me through that? Because mm -hmm. he cares more about your per like your character than anything. Come on. You know? And yeah. so um, what I wanted to, to encourage with, too, is that, you know, I didn't have a model or a prototype or something to look at, because if you truly are following the blueprints of the Lord and he has made us unique and he's having you build something unique, you might not have something to follow. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be pioneering something and you have to just trust that God is, is not leading you in the wrong place. And you just really have to have faith in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I was um, going to leave my career, I thought, man, I really wish I could find testimonies or something where other people have done this. So I can at least be encouraged because, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that I can encourage someone today with sharing this story that, if he did it for me and I went from that place and you know that he brought me through it, that's prophetic for you to understand that he's going to bring it, bring you through it as well. Mm, find yourself getting ready to make that move and just know that you can do it because God is with you mm -hmm. and he's going to bring you through it. So yeah. don't, don't hesitate. Go for it. God is needing us to be in position right now. You yeah. know, the, the ways of the world and, and the, the things that are happening, there's just like a, an entire buildup right now of, you know, he's, he's doing so much, but at the same time, he's exposing, he's, he's raising people to really build and restore what he's calling us to do. And if we get mm -hmm. in position, we can make such an impact, unify and do something amazing for this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then really quick, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to hit this last point because uh, you kind of bring it all together about the deconstruction of family in our culture right now. Um, and it's, uh, you can kind of speak to a place of authority from that just because of where you were, you were a successful woman, um, in, in accounting firm. And then God called you into this to actually go towards children and engage children and teach them values. So talk a little bit about this, what you're seeing with this deconstruction of family. Yeah. So, you know, you, you think about the order of the family, you know, the woman submitting to the man and the, and the man being the provider. And the woman being the nurture and taking care of the the home and the children and really helping to to care for them and raise them, you know. If you think about it, as women have, and I have, I'm not like anti women shouldn't be in the workforce. We need to stay at home, like nothing like that. But I'm saying if you find yourself in a career because culture told you to be in it, that mm -hmm. is a very competitive you have no life, like you can't really spend any time with your husband or your family. And the role that God designed for you to have is suffering because you're so concerned with a career. I'm asking to reevaluate it because if it's really what you're supposed to be in, I, there's a grace upon it and it will be effortless. Mm. But if you're finding that there's so much friction, ask yourself why you're doing it. Like, are you doing it to prove something to yourself? Are you doing it because your identity and your worth and your values coming from that in the wrong place is supposed to be coming from the Lord? I just feel like there's been a stigma on that, you know, oh, women shouldn't be at home. We need to be equal with men and we need to go out and work and be in these same careers and everything. And, and like I said, I'm not against that if God has called you to that because mm -hmm. he could call you to be a difference maker in that setting. Mm -hmm. However, if you're out of position and you're not really in purpose, 
you know, I just really encourage you to seek the father's heart on where he would want you to be. Cause I feel like it's been an agenda to move women out of position so that, you know, there's that fight with women being a breadwinner over their husband and, and God innately made us and designed us like men love to provide. That is how he made them work the field, Adam, right? Mm -hmm. Eve have children. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we've, we've allowed culture to, to deconstruct that design. And we wonder why there's so much friction and arguments and, and why it's so out of order and why our children are wayward and we're failing in marriages. It's because we're not following God laid a design out, not to punish us, but because he, he knows how to keep us in his will and to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just, it, it bothers me because I've seen it so much. Like I've seen it with women I work with and they felt so conflicted or those that would step back and go part-time or, you know, try to take a back seat or, you know, something on mm -hmm. their career. They, they couldn't climb or they couldn't get paid the same because they chose family mm -hmm. or those that didn't choose family, they're divorced or their kids are having problems because they just were absent. So yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but I've seen that in my personal career and I didn't want that. And that's mm -hmm. when I, that, when I was searching that revelation hit me, like I want yeah. to have children and I'm not going to have them to hand them off to someone. I want them because I want to pour into them and, you know, foster their purpose and who God created them to be, to make a difference in the world for the kingdom. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. And it's a bit like, it kind of is a bit like. To, to give an illustration, a bit like a bone that wasn't set right in your body. And it's like, yeah, it's isolated to that as an issue. But the longer you go and the more you do things, we're seeing this destabilization in culture as a result of things shifting to places that they shouldn't be in. And not that, like you were saying, not that people can't fill roles that maybe, you know, like, yeah, like a woman is, is in a, a, in accomplished and in a, in a, a, a career where she's successful and the husband is at home. If that, you like I know people who've had to do that for a season mm -hmm. and it worked because they right. were like, no, this, this is, we really feel like we're supposed to do this. So it's not that, but it's just, I, I agree with you. I think that there is this pull to, to kind of push people into these roles that they're not meant to be in. Um, and, and make you feel bad about staying at home if you're a woman, right? Yeah. Like it's a less than decision. Yeah. And the same goes for, women who are in positions where they really feel like them and their spouse, they feel like that's the way it needs to be for right now is she's mm -hmm. working. This is not to come and like, you know, yeah. say, how dare you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Not at all. No, um, no, yeah. Well, Abby, um, what would you say to women that maybe find themselves and not even women, but people that find themselves in a very similar place to you where God is getting a hold of a lot of people right now. And, um, they're, uh, hearing some scary things from the Lord of things that are going to cause them to step out of their comfort zone. What would you say to those people? You know, you want, like, like Jeff was saying earlier, you're never, ever, ever in a day going to regret listening to God. Mm. If you can know that revelation and like, it, it was like right before I jumped out of an airplane, it was two months before I got saved. And it was like, God was having me do that because I was already yeah. ready to take a leap, but I didn't know that he was going to have me leap out of my career. But it was like what I reminded myself um, before I like, because I wasn't nervous. And I was like, why am I not nervous? I said to myself, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm not going to die. And so I know I'm going to land and I'm going to, I'm going to land and say, man, that was so much fun. I'm so glad I did it. 
So if you know that God has you, I could trust that the the skydiver had me and I wasn't going to fail. But when you know God's character, like I said, and you can be reminded of his attributes and you know he has you, why not jump? I said to myself, I would always ask myself, what if? And I couldn't just not listen to God, but I would always wonder what would my life look like if I actually did listen to God when I know he has great plans for me and they're better than the ones I have because his ways are above mine. So like I said, if you can remind yourself of the truth in those instances, when your mind is talking you out of it, reason and logic is talking you out of it, when you can remind yourself of the love of God and that if he cares for the sparrows and he cares for the lilies and he doesn't, you know, he's going to take care of you. How much more is he going to take care of you? Mm. So I, I remind, I'm telling you, you have to fill yourself on those, on those words, like those scriptures in the Bible that God is leading you to that tells you about his character to ensure that he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake mm. you. And, and all it's going to do is position you into a place that actually is going to be so much better for you. And in that place, there's grace you're going to feel an effortlessness and a peace on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not to, not to say that that transition isn't hard as you're getting repositioned and he's doing things, but it's worth every moment of perseverance mm-hmm. in your faith because God is going to do something incredible. He wouldn't ask you to do it if he didn't think that he was going to bring you somewhere amazing with it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen. Well, trust him. Yeah. So Abby, can you just pray for the people um, as you feel led? Because um, people are like, "Dude, I'm I'm in this place. I'm in this place." So, um, yeah. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for this moment today, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. I just pray for every heart, every mind that you are speaking to them so specifically to their situation, Lord, that you put that purpose in them, that you've already been depositing and revealing to them what they're to do. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray for that gift of faith that you gave to me, that revelation, Lord, of your love, of your security, of who you are, Lord. I pray that they can just be so assured of that, that they are just so bold to take the step of faith you're asking them to, that it would build their faith as you take them on this journey. Lord, I pray for for all the believers, everyone that's moving into position in this season, Lord, that you are touching hearts and moving people in the direction you want them to be for what you're doing in the earth, Lord. I just thank you for purpose. I thank you that you have designed us each with something to do. And as we work to move in that direction, we will work to reform this earth just like you intended it, Lord. So I thank you that you are just stirring, stirring, stirring every single person up that's Mm -hmm. listening to this. And you're giving them that faith right now, Lord. I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' Mm -hmm. mighty name. Amen. Amen. Abby, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh yeah. This is great. So, okay, really quick. How can people, just a reminder, how can people buy the books? How can they follow you, you know, as your, uh, your journey, you know, what, just to name off a couple of places that people can. So you can follow my personal Facebook page. I post inspirational stuff on there as well. Um, but if you want to follow like ambitious Abby, I have a Facebook page. Uh, YouTube for personal and Facebook or YouTube for both Ambitious Savvy um, and my personal. You can follow um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I mean, check out the website AmbitiousSavvy.com and then I'm also part of a ministry. I didn't mention that in this um, show but Rise and Set Ministries. Yeah, so different places. There's actually a few places but Instagram as well. 
Yeah. I think you have all the links, right? We do. All those are going to be in the link. You guys know the drill. They're in the description. Um, Abby, uh, everybody go buy Ambitious Abby. Buy it for your grandkids. Buy it for your kids. Buy it for your nieces and nephews. All that good stuff. Um, Abby, thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. God bless you all. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.